calls are growing for governments around the country to adopt Indigenous naming policies alongside English. Languages once pushed to the edge of existence are now being revitalised to honour First Nations people's heritage. National Radio News reporter Remy Norton asked co-chair for the First Nation People's Assembly of Victoria, Nara Murray, why the proposal is so important. It's so important because our communities have worked tirelessly to safeguard our Aboriginal languages for future generations, despite historical attempts to eradicate their usage. So Aboriginal language is fundamental to our identity, our communication and and storytelling and celebrating International Mother Language Day. It's a day that embraces Indigenous languages all around Australia. Um, Australia's home to 250 distinct Aboriginal languages and many of those languages are deeply connected um, to our country. Speaking of those historical events that attempted to eradicate languages, how did First Nations people manage to save their language for future generations? Yeah, so that's something that obviously through colonisation we've had to work really hard, as I said, to safeguard our languages over future generations. So it's a big part of our identity, as I said, and it's really about us carrying on the language of our ancestors and elders because every language name that we have carries a story. So whether it's a connection to the land and the people, um, you know, it's really important for us to look at revitalising Aboriginal languages because it was pushed to the edge of existence following colonisation on these lands and our languages were banned. Like my own grandmother grew up on Kamragunja village and she was forbidden to speak her language and um, you know she was only allowed to go to grade three. So we've had to really protect the languages that still exist today. And in the past, you know, there was a concentrated effort to wipe us out and our culture off the face of this earth. So I think it's really important that you know we continue those languages. We've kept them alive through our ancestors and elders. And language is such a key part of our lives. How is continuing to keep it alive? How are you guys doing that or how is the country doing that rather? Yes, well from our perspective at the First Peoples Assembly of Victoria we are calling on governments and other institutions to really embrace our Aboriginal languages and and dual naming places. So as I said, language is, is fundamental. So incorporating First Peoples languages into the fabric of our society is not just about the linguistic diversity but it's respecting and recognising and celebrating the heritage of our people. So we, we hope to see more public places, including, you know, streets and schools and hospitals with our language names uh, recognise and celebrate the oldest living culture in the world. So these are exciting um, topics that we'll be talking about as we enter into treaty negotiations this year and we'll likely see discussions on remaining policies. And how is Victoria different to other states when it comes to the acceptance of First Nations people? I think that in Victoria we're in a really strong position um, when we looked at um, voice, treaty, truth and those elements within the Uluru Statement. We were advancing all three and we've got significant support across the state supporting our people um, and calling on, on treaties for our people here in Victoria. So I think we're quite progressive in that way compared to other jurisdictions but obviously everyone across the country um, you know, is, is advancing their treaty and truth-telling processes 
um, in their own way and at their own pace. So I think that in Victoria, it's exciting times for us as we enter into treaty negotiations with the state um, at some stage this year. Do you have an idea why treaty negotiations are only happening in Victoria and not in the other states? I can't speak for other jurisdictions, but for us, we've worked really hard um, over the last four and a half years to position the First People's Assembly as the Aboriginal representative body that will sit down with government and see us um, you know, undertake a, a statewide treaty and then traditional owner groups right around Victoria will activate their um, traditional owner treaties um, via our treaty negotiation framework that we have in place and that's been agreed to with the state but other jurisdictions, I know Queensland, they've got a treaty and truth telling process that's underway, um, the Northern Territory Treaty Commission has done a lot of work over the last couple of years and even in um, South Australia, you know, next month Aboriginal people in South Australia will, will elect their voice in their um, upcoming elections and even Tasmania, they've got their own treaty and truth. So I think it's all happening underway but obviously we've done a lot of work to their treaty and truth telling in, in Victoria and we're really excited um, our people to prepare for negotiations. So what is the First People's Assembly and what is it calling for the government to do? Yeah, so the First People's Assembly of Victoria is the Aboriginal representative body made up of 32 traditional owners of country. We're working towards a treaty um, and many treaties with the state government and we'll sit down this year with the state to negotiate a number of different asks around our people here in this state. That was co-chair for First Nations People's Assembly of Victoria, Nara Murray, speaking with National Radio News, Remy Norton.